Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I don't like you. You're blue. You're too blue. Okay, what you're hearing right now is me. I'm leaning over a piece of paper and I have two markers, one in each hand, a red marker and a blue marker. And my markers are engaged in battle. The blue marker said, Red marker, I'm gonna color on top of you. Let me explain what's going on here. That was me in college. I went to art school, Maryland Institute College of Art, otherwise known as MICA, in Baltimore. And I studied general fine arts, so I did a lot of drawings and paintings, but I also minored in video, and I made a lot of these character studies. I'm gonna color on top of you again! So after school, I started doing stuff at the UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is this improv sketch comedy theater here in New York. And one thing led to another, and the result is Broad City. And so on the show, I play a girl named Abby, who is trying to be a successful illustrator and live the dream. You didn't sign the back of the check. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if there was a special teller I should go to for checks that are this large. Ooh, 8K. Uh, you know how she got it, dude? This bitch right here drew this illustration and a sexy-ass new dating website bought it for $8,000! You and your own work kind of make use of a character that has some resemblances to yourself, but Mm -hmm. is obviously not you, right? Like, your character in Broad City is an artist. Right. This is MoMA curator Thomas Lacks. How do you see the line between who you are and who your character is in Broad City? I mean, you've spent a little bit of time. I think that I'm different when you actually meet me, hopefully, everybody here. (laughs) Just because I play this, like, hyped-up version of myself, I sort of, like, amplify my insecurities Uh on the show. I amplify everything that I find kind of funny about myself. Yeah. Listen, a lot of it is me, but people think that they know everything about me when they see me. Right. Maybe I should have changed the name. Should have changed your name. <laughs> I love that it's. I love that it's Abby on the show. So you, it's a full. Okay, we should watch, watch the video. Um, we're getting in trouble uh, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> I'm Abby Jacobson, and this is a piece of work. This episode is all about video. Video as art. One of the newest forms of art. It's only been around just since the 1960s when artists could first get their hands on cameras and recorders. But since then, they've been really pushing it in a lot of different directions. So we're going to cover the funny kind and the serious kind, the sweeping aerial shots, and also the stuff that you capture right on your phone. We're standing on like a balcony looking over the atrium. Exactly. Now. So we're looking down into a large white room, and in the middle there's a huge screen hanging. MoMA is under construction, I should say, so you're going to hear some of that noise too. But the helicopter sound, that is part of the art. So we're looking at Steve McQueen's Static, which is a video installation that he made in 2009. Steve McQueen, the Oscar-winning director. And we're watching a two-sided screen with speakers all around it, and there's footage of a helicopter as it circles the Statue of Liberty counterclockwise. It's striking to me that 
it's a black British artist taking on the Statue of Liberty, which is one of the most iconic images of America. The video is shot from a helicopter, and you're able to get really close to the Statue of Liberty. You see the metalwork of her shoulders and the folds in her dress. And it seems like everyone who sees this video has some sort of strong personal reaction to it. Is this called static? Because it isn't. It gives a sense of motion. It looks like she's moving and the world is going around her. It's such a beautiful piece, really. I'm from Washington, D.C., but I I moved here nine months ago and am struggling to adjust to the city. But images like this are magnificent and will always make us proud of New York. After 9-11, because of security concerns, tourists were no longer able to go to the Crown anymore. Why? What did they think people were going to do up at the Crown? I I wasn't in that Homeland Security meeting, Hmm. but I do know that in 2009, right before this work was made, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, <laughs> let's be clear, um, made I didn't a, know who you were just, referring just to. Bonus. Thank you for yeah. <laughs> just wanna, for all the viewers out there, <laughs> listeners, um, that, you know, he decided to bring it back onto public accessibility. So this space that we're looking at here, the crown of, you know, Lady Liberty, was made recently accessible again. And so, you know, you kind of are looking at the different ways in which federal power is performed in this public monument and statue. So today, what does it make you think of? I just feel like like the old symbols for the United States of America, like, don't do it for me anymore. Like, we need new symbols. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I love about this installation is that, like, that ambivalence or that sense of contradiction or being pulled in these different directions is all made physical in the installation. So it's called static. So it's like meant to be this thing that doesn't move. Yeah. But then like you're moving all around it. The sound that you're hearing is really loud. It makes you feel like almost dizzy. So it's like that that same experience of going between like, yes, we like we're gonna band together, you know, we're gonna have solidarity and from that place of groundedness we're gonna fight back to a place of like WTF, like why is this, you know, what's happening right now is all kind of made um, into a physical space in the installation. This video is really cinematic. It reminds me of those disaster movies where a giant wave or bomb or like an earthquake is about to level New York and the Statue of Liberty is like the last remaining stand-in for America. It's really suspenseful. Can I ask you a question, Abby? Did you feel at one point in your life like, oh, the flag, like, yes, like, America, (laughs) thank you? No. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I was never like, USA, you know, like, But I wasn't the opposite either. I feel like all these symbols now represent something very different. Something I love about thinking about a work like this or this moment in terms of Steve McQueen's other work as a filmmaker, you know, he's the same artist that made 12 Years a Slave. So another work, obviously, that's thinking about the question of freedom and liberty, but in a historical frame, you know, I think something that Steve is really tuned to is the specific ways that, you know, the American project has for a long time been confused about its own relationship to freedom. So you go to galleries sometimes? I used to have a joke about going to art galleries just to drink free wine. This is my friend, the well-known sommelier, Hannibal Burris. Oh, yeah. yeah, just to drink and just act like you, just walk around, act like you know about stuff. My art critique is usually, oh, that's dope, yep. or I don't like that. 
What about this over here? Yeah, that is pretty dope. <laughs> it is like the ultimate, the ultimate test is, is it dope or not? I brought him over to the atrium to check out Static. Oh, Steve McQueen, uh, okay. That was pretty cool. He had a few notes. Check out that helicopter noise, put in some smooth jazz or something, though. <laughs> it would be a totally different yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I don't need to hear that. I get it. I get how you got the shot. I don't need to hear it. Let's put in a song everybody likes. Let's get some Bruno Mars in this shit. Bump. <laughs> <laughs> That like bum 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 yeah. Next up, how video art gets personal and direct. This is a piece of work. This is Kai Wright, host of the United States of Anxiety. And if I'm honest, we never actually expected to be here in literally an entire country of anxiety. We decided to postpone the wedding. This has a lot of echoes with 9-11. Our healthcare system, we aren't ready. We're going to try to think about what this profound change we're going through now means about what's coming up ahead. Join me for the WNYC podcast, The United States of Anxiety. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so what's the next one we're watching? So we're going to watch Howardina Pindell, Free, White, and 21, which was made in 1980. So what's interesting about this video, it's actually the first video that the artist ever made. Really? And it's one of the only performances that she's ever done. You see Pindell, a black woman looking directly at the camera, telling a story about her life. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, I had a teacher who was not very fond of black students, there were very few of us, possibly two, in the kindergarten class out of a class of perhaps 40. Uh, during the afternoon hours, we were given a time to sleep. Each of us had our own cot, and we were told that if we had to go to the bathroom, we should raise our hands, and one of the teachers would take us to the bathroom. I raised my hand, and my teacher flew into a rage, yelling, I can't stand these people, and took out sheets and tied me down to the bed. As she continues her story, Pindell takes out this roll of gauze and she starts wrapping it around her face like a bandage. She left me there for a couple of hours and then finally released me. By the end of the scene, her head is covered up completely. But she keeps telling this horrible story straight into camera. And you can almost feel her looking at you through the bandages. And then the camera cuts to another character. It's still Pindell, but she's dressed up as a white lady with a blonde wig, powdered face, and these cat-eye sunglasses. You know, you really must be paranoid. Those things never happen to me. I don't know anyone who, who's had those things happen to them. But then, of course, they're free white and 21, so they wouldn't have that kind of experience. Thomas told me more about what it was like when Pindell first showed this video. She showed it at her gallery. She was part of a feminist women-run cooperative gallery called AIR, Artists in Residence. And she showed it there the year it was made. And there were a number of white feminists who responded, some of whom said, you know, thank you for making this work to, you know, illustrate and exemplify the experience that you're going through. Others of whom were like, no, that's inaccurate. I don't believe, they basically- It's inaccurate? They, they said the same things that, you know, the fake white right, lady, right, right. the nice white so lady. So she's playing 
this white woman, and she basically questions Howardina about every anecdote she says. Yeah. Well, you ungrateful little, after all we've done for you. Then you see Pindell as herself again, and she tells another story. When I graduated from graduate school, I proceeded to look for a job because I had not been able to find a job, although I had applied at 500 schools for teaching positions, I received approximately 500 rejections. So I decided to come to New York and go door to door. We hear about these huge racial injustices that happen in the news all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like, But she's talking about everyday life. Like, this is what happened to me then. This is what happened to me the next week. Oh, this little thing happened to me in a car. Like, it's like those things need to be said as well. And I thought this piece was really wonderful in that way. Yeah, I totally agree that there's a way that politics is supposed to be like these big events or like these moments where you can point to where there's a spectacle of violence. And she's talking about the everyday ways that people, as you said, invalidate who she is in her everyday life and experience, which is the kind of stuff that eventually makes you go crazy. When I look at this work, I see it within a long history of work, particularly by African-American artists. This is Thelma Golden. She's the director and chief curator at the Studio Museum in Harlem. This video and this retelling of these experiences really brings to mind, for example, the slave narratives, right? Where slaves had to tell the story of their bondage. And so I think that this work kind of exists between the past of a kind of personal narrative as as a means right, of, mm-hmm. of sort of political action and a present in which the codes of video and sort of performance art and conceptual art really privilege the personal narrative mm-hmm. as the source of art. In many ways, it feels like in this work, Pindell wants that to be the experience. She is looking directly at them and the idea that they are hearing this from her, her direct truth being spoken directly to the viewer, I think is also some of the power of yeah. the work. It feels like if this was put out right now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't question it at all. You know, I think watching this work of art now certainly brings up the way in which it predicts media could be used to understand the personal story, right? The accessibility of it that allows people to tell their story and yeah. put it out there. I wanted to watch this video with an artist who is making work now. So I got in touch with Martine Sims. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Nice to meet you. You too. Over the years, Martine has created websites, videos, installations. She's also run a bookstore, an event space, a small press. She's launched so many different things, she calls herself a conceptual entrepreneur. And if that sounds very L.A., it's because it is. Martine grew up there, and she works in video, and she also teaches it, too. And we sat down together with a couple cups of coffee while the mics were being set up. I love it. (laughs) I like the sound effects of the drinking coffee. This is like I'm taking over Jerry Seinfeld's, like, comedians in cars drink coffee. I'm actually starting a radio show myself. Yeah? That is kind of just like drive. I'm literally driving to L.A. This is what I'm doing. I'm just going on drives with people in L.A. I'll do it. Car talk, I'm inviting LA. myself. I'm aware there's a show called Car Talk, though, because people keep being like, you know there's a car talk. Wait, what is Car Talk? It's a show with click and clack where they talk about cards. It's a public radio show. Oh, I don't know what that is. This is a classic. And you're classic naming, NPR. You're naming yours Car Talk LA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's totally different. It's though. so close in title. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's like a smaller radio station. You should do it with a K. That's what I was thinking. Car talk. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Back to Howardina Pendel and the video at hand. So in school, did you study video? Yeah. I was real film nerd. And you're still going to school for film. I'm still Even going. I don't Jesus understand Christ. how why you need to do that, but I really admire it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I wonder, was Pendel part of No. No. And that's something I always think a lot about is throughout all of this film education, me finding like especially women of color making video art was very much self-directed and still very like a lot of white men doing things. Yes, in in most areas <laughs> yeah. uh, of of so yeah. um does your work relate to her work? In a way, a lot of earlier works of mine were thinking about this kind of direct address, which is something I still use though I'm trying to be less in my own work as <laughs> more right resource. the direct address yeah. even if you're using someone yeah, else yeah but as a technique of like having the viewer sort of participate in that conversation as well as using sort of autobiography you have an exhibit up at MoMA this is crazy that i have a show at MoMA it's crazy it's just wild in that one most of the artists that i go to see in museums are not alive anymore and you're only 29. That's fucking dope, dude. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah, Have it's you just felt really the hitting gravity me. <laughs> no. It's hitting you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Her show is called Projects 106 Martine Sims. You walk in, and the walls are an amazing shade of purple. It's sort of an homage to the book and the movie, The Color Purple. And there are also images that look like movie posters up on the walls. And if you download this app that she created, when you hold it up to the posters, you see layers of text messages and GIFs and memes over that image, which is kind of wild. And in the middle of the room, there are three screens with videos. These are ugly words. There's, like, three characters. One is named Girl, like, the way you would, like, talk to your friend, like, Girl, oh, my God. Like, that's her name. <laughs> and then the second character is named Queen White, and she's sort of, like, a motivational speaker, and she's giving this kind of direct address, like, um, monologue about carrying yourself right and walking into the room confidently and talking like this. When you use a positive word, the corners of your lips go up, go up, go up, go up, and it makes you smile. She's inspired by a few people, one of which is like Maxine Powell, who was at Motown. She was the director of personal development, which was like all the artists had to meet with her about how they are. Presenting themselves? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like kind of what we would call like media training now a little bit, but it was like a bit more than that because they had to work with her a lot. And it was about like how they would sit and how they would stand. And she worked with like the Supremes and the Vandellas a lot, like the female groups. But she's of the same generation as like my grandma and my great aunt who I grew up spending a lot of time with. And they were always very like, Martine, you can't go out dressed like that. Like this kind of like It was like an uh, at-home version yeah. of that. Yeah, right. exactly. You're going to be positive. You're going to be positive. You are a great, unique human being. You are a great, unique human being. You are a great, unique human being. And the third character is named WB, and he's like the love interest of Girl. 
he's like constantly mediated kind of through text message and sending videos and they're like sending videos to each other and songs and things like that. And I was just thinking about how you sort of control these like images of yourself in a way that previously only like a select number of people would have done. How does that affect like the way you think about yourself? Yeah, everyone didn't always have a public image. Yeah. And now everyone does. Exactly. Which all connects to what Howardina Pendel was doing back in 1980 when she made her video Free White in 21. There's a sort of immediacy to it. It was something she's doing in her studio. It's just her set up the camera on a tripod. It almost feels like a confessional, things that should be told. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's a something in the way, this, the immediacy of her presentation and the stories that she's telling that also engenders a desire to share mm-hmm. one's own stories or kind of encounters with the institution, which is kind of mostly what it's about. It's like these systematic racism within the institution every time you're encountering that structure or, the, or this larger structure, you're having these horrible experiences over and over again. Martine also told me about this really cool thing that's happening online in response to Free White in 21. Like when you are looking up this video on YouTube or something, there's like a bunch of remakes of like people make, making the video. Like Really? Yeah, like, oh, wow, people are f- wanting to make their own version of it. In a conversation with my mom, I was asking her when the first time she realized that racism exists. When I was five, and I remember learning like really what it means to be um, American and white. There are all these reaction videos on YouTube. Whatever response that you have is like a valid reaction. You know, I think that's a thing when people go into... MoMA or museums are like, am I getting, yeah. am I getting what they were doing? Yeah, I feel like the desire to like get it, yeah, gets in the way of people just viewing art because it's like whatever you're getting from it is fine. I know, it's whatever resonates for you. And that was a piece of work. Special thanks to Martine Sims, Thelma Golden, Hannibal Burris, and Thomas Lax. The show is a co-production of WNYC Studios and MoMA. I'm Abby Jacobson. No, you do not do that. Yes, I'm gonna... No, you don't. I'm gonna color on top of you. No, I'm gonna color on top of you. 